This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash happiest. There are so many amazing perks of being sober, and one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level, and it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before, but let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about OneSkin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I have had an absolute whirlwind of a week, but it's been an amazing week. Uh, I turned two years sober a couple of days ago, um, which is absolutely insane because it's just crazy how fast that time goes. Um, but I was really thinking about it, and I really do feel like two years feels like a massive deal for me in comparison to how my one year felt. Um, I feel like with one year, I feel like I was really fixated on wanting to get to one year during my first whole year of sobriety. Like it was like really in my head of like, I want to reach one year because it feels like this huge milestone, which it absolutely is. Um, But then with two years, it's very much just this feeling of like, I'm in it. I'm not like challenging myself to get one year. Not that I was challenging myself to get one year in the first year because I knew that this was like a permanent change that I was making. But two years really does have this different feeling of like I'm in it. I'm past that one year mark and like life's going by and I'm still sober and like I'm a lot more comfortable in that. And when I celebrated my first year milestone, I was going through like not the best time in my life. There were a couple kind of life events that made my mental health take a bit of a hit. Um, Whereas like right now I'm in such a better place with this two years. So it's just been a really happy week. Um, And I thought that I would just chat 
about my first two years sober, talk about some lessons that I learned in year one and then some lessons that I've learned in year two. So year one lessons. First and foremost, this is something I talk about all the time and I spent a good chunk of <laughs> the first episode on this so I won't spend too much time on it but I've, I honestly feel like this is one of the most important things to like accept at least for me it was like the thing that really shifted things for me which is that we can survive discomfort. Um, you know I love an inspirational quote, so <laughs> I have to give a quote on this, which I absolutely love, um, which is, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. I love that. Discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. You cannot have a meaningful life without discomfort. I think it's so true and like really reframing it for myself that like discomfort is just the price I have to pay to really live like a fulfilling and meaningful life. I just think that's like the best mindset shift probably that I've ever had. And so that was like one of my biggest year one lessons for sure was to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We can survive our discomfort. And like, that's how we grow. If we're constantly taking the edge off. Ooh, another quote coming at you. <laughs> I heard Glennon Doyle say, um, we need our edge. Like taking the edge off, we need that edge. That edge is what actually causes us to grow. If we're taking it away, we're not actually growing. We're just avoiding. Um, and so that is just so huge to me. And that just was really, that's something that I still return back to a lot in like all aspects of my life is almost like I was chatting with my mom on the phone a few days ago about something that was making me feel kind of anxious and uncomfortable. And she, she said, just like, just like when you quit drinking and you had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, same thing with this. And I think if we can accept that in our sobriety, it allows us to accept it in like other aspects of our life, which is a really amazing thing to just be able to be like, okay, well, if I could sit with the discomfort of not drinking, I can sit with the discomfort of this thing that I'm struggling with now or this like kind of scary thing or a change I'm making or literally anything. So that was the biggest one for me for sure. Another lesson that I learned in my first year of sobriety is that you are entitled to own your life because when I got sober and it's something that I also get a lot of messages from people about that like they feel as well is that a lot of people aren't supportive of that decision when we make it obviously it depends on circumstances some people if they're further along in their addiction and it is more of a life or death situation then of course their family wants them to get help and wants them to get sober but if you fall maybe on the gray area where drinking is really affecting you inside but it's not that visible on the outside or your life looks okay on the outside people might tend to not be as supportive about that for many reasons I think oftentimes the people who are unsupportive is because they have maybe their own struggles with their relationship with alcohol and you changing your behavior kind of shines a light on that for them um, maybe you guys have maybe you have a similar 
um, relationship with alcohol or similar drinking habits. And so you changing yours makes them feel like, oh my God, does that mean there's something wrong with mine? Um, and it makes them kind of panic and spiral. Um, but no matter what the reason is, a lot of people or even people who don't necessarily have a super problematic relationship with alcohol, it's just what's expected of us in our society is that socializing, celebrating, it's something that we do together to bond. Um, And so I think it is hard for a lot of people if your life is not fully falling apart, it's hard for other people sometimes to accept this change and to understand it. And so I carried a lot of guilt for my first several months, if not my first year, if not my second year as well, I carried a lot of guilt um, about feeling like I was letting people down by not drinking, which feels so backwards because obviously it actually makes you able to show up for people in a better way, um, to show up for people more fully. But regardless of that, I still carried a lot of guilt because I felt like, I'm I'm letting them down. I'm like abandoning my drinking buddies because I knew that if I was still drinking and one of my drinking buddies quit drinking, I would have felt kind of like they were they were like leaving me in this thing that we really bonded over. And so I did have a lot of guilt about that and that was something I had to work through. And that really was the lesson and the takeaway from it was like, I have the right to own my life and to do what's right for me. And I know like with every fiber of my being, I know in my bones that this is what's best for me. And when you're doing what's best for you, you cannot go wrong. And other people's feelings about it and reactions about it are ultimately their responsibility. It's not your responsibility how your sobriety makes anybody else feel. It's their responsibility to deal with that. My responsibility is my sobriety and my feelings about it. Um, And so really to try to not take on other people's feelings, which is something I absolutely still have to work on. Um, But that really was something I had to remind myself a lot was that I'm entitled to own my life and to own my decisions um, and to be unapologetic about that on the flip side (laughs) another lesson I learned is that other people don't care as much as I thought they would care like and this is in social situations like I remember my first work gathering like my first work social gathering after I quit drinking I got myself so amped up for like the onslaught of questions I thought I would get and like what I was going to tell people and like mentally rehearsing what I was going to say and what happened was someone sitting across from me when I ordered a virgin sangria said why virgin and I said I don't drink anymore and they said oh wow good for you And that was the end of the conversation. And I honestly came away being like, oh my God, all that stress and all that anticipation of like being interrogated about it. And it was such a non-issue. And so as much as like for some people in my life, it was a challenge for like the general masses, even though people do love to kind of ask questions about it, like they're living their own lives and they're too wrapped up in their own problems and their own shit that they're dealing with to really care that much so that like 
I feel like the best possible reminder for like spiraling about what other people think is like people don't care about you as much as you think they will and I mean that in like the best way in terms of like people judging you or thinking thinking whatever you think they're thinking about you mostly they're thinking about themselves and that's okay it's the human condition and I find that to be a very helpful reminder um and I think my final kind of main one year lesson was that honestly it's it's something I say all the time but waking up hangover free makes every single ounce of struggle that you might have experienced the night before beyond worth it like a sober mantra that I find so helpful is choose your heart like you have the heart of staying sober if it's hard for you in the moment or you have the heart of waking up after drinking the next day and I know that choosing the hard where I stay sober, even if it is hard in that time, it it pays off. Like I I often will remind myself of how terrible it used to feel for me to wake up after drinking because it makes me feel so much gratitude. It's not that I'm trying to stay in the negative past, but it really does like sometimes because it's now my norm, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I'll really reflect on like, oh my God, I remember how that felt. And I remember the absolute sheer panic and the shame and the embarrassment and the like waking up in panic scrolling my phone to be like who did I text did I post anything who did I snapchat like what did I say what did I do having to ask other people feeling like other people are mad at me like so many things that like I will never miss (laughs) and so just like genuinely that no matter how challenging of a night or a day you're having if you you want to drink so bad and I've had I've had a lot of those days where I'm just like, I wish I could down a whole entire bottle of wine right now. And it was so hard. Like not once did I ever wake up and wish that I had done it. Not once, like every single time that I've hung in there through those times, I've woken up and been so glad that I did. So like the discomfort of wanting a drink will never be worse than how it feels after you drink. And so choose your hard. It's always so worth it. Those are my main kind of one year lessons. Um, My second year lessons. Okay, this is one that I still am working on, but it's one that I kind of had like a bit of an aha moment about um, just a couple months ago, which is that like you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to prove that yourself fun you don't have to prove that you can still be the life of the party like that's something that I struggled with for sure more so in my first year where I remember like in maybe even my first few months if I like went out and socialized and like wasn't really feeling it or wasn't having the best night or maybe was feeling some FOMO and felt like like kind of came away being like "Eh, that wasn't my best (laughs) um I would spiral about it and be like oh my god they're gonna think that now because I don't drink I'm not as fun and like it was so important to me to feel like people still thought that I was fun um and I still feel that sometimes and so something that happened a couple months ago was that I was doing a night where we were all um bar hopping and it ended up being I think it was like eight hours straight out and by the time midnight hit I was ready to go home I had had a really really fun night 
But when midnight hit, I was like, okay, I've reached my limit and I'm done. And I stayed until 2 a.m. because it was a birthday. So in that situation, I'm fine to hang in there. But it brought up a lot of feelings for me because it made me feel sad that it wasn't fun for me anymore to like do that many hours straight at a bar and then being in that kind of late night 2 a.m environment made me kind of miss partying made me like kind of romanticize my partying days and made me feel like brought up some feelings of of grief and sadness about that being over um but mainly it just made me feel really disappointed in myself and I felt wrong for feeling that way like I felt wrong for for not wanting to still be out and that was something that I really had to process the next day and that my mom really helped me process was she was like well of course you had hit your limit you'd been out for like eight hours you're not drinking the reason people want to be out in a bar for that many hours is because they're getting drunk and they're not with it anymore like you just don't have the same stamina for it necessarily when you're not drinking and that's okay and that's normal and so a big kind of takeaway from that for me was just that I do not have to keep feeling this need to prove to myself to make sure other people still think I'm fun like it was almost like I I needed to be like nothing's changed even though I don't drink like everything else stays the same and that's just not reality that's just not true things do change when you get sober I still do love going out I just don't love going out for as long of a period anymore and that's okay and if I've hit my limit at midnight I can own that and decide to go home at midnight and that's something that I still struggle to do without feeling a little bit of guilt and a little bit of like I'm letting people down and so that's something that I'm working at but I think I did really kind of come to that realization in my second year that it's okay to just like own that um so that was a big one for sure And another truth that I really kind of settled into in my second year, I would say, is that like the people worth having in your life will support your sobriety. And like, I think this definitely pertains specifically to dating. Um, I get a lot of questions about sober dating and it's something that I can for sure do like an in-depth episode on. But in the first year is very much like this kind of worrying about the judgments people were going to make and what they would think about it and now I really am in this place where I'm like if you don't like the fact that I don't drink then like you're not the right person for me to have in my life and that's okay (laughs) and like when I was a big drinker I wanted people to drink with me so I kind of get it there's nothing wrong with that but um, that just means that you're not the right person for me And that's okay. It's a great way to weed people out. It's a great way to find out like who the right people are for you to have in your life. And even just like in terms of friends as well. I really do think that like people who are worth keeping in your life or who are at least like worth investing in and like worth really putting effort in with will not only be okay with it but like be proud of you for it and be supportive and like admire it it'll be something that they that they respect and admire about you and something that they celebrate about you like it's not it's not a sad thing it's a happy thing that people should be celebrating and I feel really strongly about that um okay another lesson from my second year of sobriety is Just the fact that like 
to remind yourself that hard days do not take away from your progress because I still sometimes will have moments where I romanticize drinking or I have a moment where I imagine like drinking a glass of wine and then I feel like sad like wow I'm never gonna do that again that's sad um and sometimes I beat myself up about that and I fall into the trap of being like I'm this far along I'm like x amount of days I shouldn't be feeling this way like I'm like wrong for feeling this way and the truth is that All it makes me is human and all it makes any of us is human if we still have moments where we romanticize drinking or we feel kind of sad about it or we miss it. Like it's normal to miss drinking. As much as I love to scream from the rooftops how much better my life is because of sobriety and it is, it's also very normal to miss it. And like those two truths can coexist and they don't cancel each other out. It's no different than sometimes looking back on a person you dated and and missing them or missing like an aspect of them. Um, If something was a big part of your life for a long time, it's okay to miss it. And that doesn't mean that you're not better off without it. And feeling those feelings does not take away from the progress that you've made. And the final takeaway from my two years sober, which I think is my favorite one, is just that in sobriety, you are becoming the best version of yourself. And I just like, I feel so happy even saying that because it's so freaking true. Like in the first year, you're still kind of figuring things out and you are becoming the best version of yourself in the first year. But I feel like in speaking from my own experience in my second year, I feel is when I really really started stepping into that and like I really am I do I feel so proud of the person that I am now that I'm sober like it honestly just makes me a little bit emotional even saying that but like when I was drinking I carried so much shame all the time like it was always there a little bit like this underlying shame because I always wanted to drink (laughs) like my life more and more and more was revolving around alcohol and I was not proud of that fact but also I always had this sense of shame about things that I had done while drunk or just the sense of shame about how drunk I'd gotten and because I drank like I, I didn't even really ever go a full week without drinking for the most part so I was never very far away from the last time I had just gotten drunk and so I always had just this feeling of like underlying shame and like almost this feeling of like panic knowing like I found it always just so unsettling knowing that I had gotten really drunk and like not knowing for sure if there were things that I had done that I didn't remember and so I really do feel so proud of the person that I am today and how much my life has changed for the better because of sobriety and like I've just become a more confident version of myself. I'm a much more happy version of myself. And I'm just so much more like at peace. There's just this feeling of like peace and like safety and sobriety. It's a real safety for me of knowing that like I don't ever have to worry about not being in control of myself anymore. And that's a really, really good feeling. Um So yeah, if you're in the really, really hard part of sobriety right now or you're in the early days and you're just struggling to get through the day like I have been there and I promise you, you're in the process of creating like 
the the most amazing life but also the most amazing version of yourself like who you become in sobriety it's like a really cool thing to witness you're like witnessing your own growth and like over time you start to see like wow look what I just did I just went I just went through a weekend and I didn't even crave alcohol um or I, I went to my first sober wedding and I did it like there's it's so rewarding and like the rewards outweigh the bad days times a million um so you can do this I'm cheering you on every day so yeah that's a little summary of just some takeaways that I I've reflected on today um thank you so much for listening just a couple little updates housekeeping items (laughs) um I announced over the weekend that um, I'm launching a holiday support group called Happiest Holidays. (laughs) And so if you would like a little bit of added support to get you through the holiday season, I know that was a really tough one for me when I first quit drinking. Um, Head to the link in my bio on Instagram at Happiest Sober um, to sign up for that. And as well, if you're interested in sober travel, if you're wanting to travel and you want to do it with a group of sober, supportive friends, um, my trip to Costa Rica is still available to book. There's still spots left. So head to the link in my bio as well to book that. I would love to have you join me. I'm so excited about it. And if you've made it this far in the episode, thank you so, so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Um, If you liked the episode, feel free to rate and review and subscribe. And I will chat with you next week. I hope you have an awesome, hangover-free, sober week. (laughs) Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.